What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 61 of Super Nerd Pals. In this episode, we talk about Pokemon, the remastered Ratchet and Clank game, and finally, the Alien franchise. It's a great episode, and we also got to make up some of the news and content we missed out last week due to massive technical glitches. So, we got some Dragon Ball Fusion going on right now. Also, we are a week and a half away from May 6th, and you know what that means. That's right, the first Friday of the month. That means episode 4 of Anime is Weird is coming out. So be sure to check out the other three episodes that are available on our website, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. It's all there, and it's a lot of fun to take a listen and catch up before episode 4. Alright, pals. Enjoy the episode. Danger. The emergency destruct system is now activated. The ship will detonate in T-minus 10 minutes. The option to override automatic detonation expires in T-minus 5 minutes. What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 61 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm Andy Karaskola. I'm Stan Gadurski. And I'm Chris Sampson. And today we are gaining... Gain? Gaining! We're, we're checking our game levels and making sure we don't lose 55 minutes of audio this time. Which is what happened last week. Yeah, It was horrible. It was so stressful to edit because I was panicking and I tried every single way and method to restore audio, but it was gone. There was, there was no gain. It was, it was bad. All the gain was gone. I don't know what happened, but like when, when I went to check back the audio... It had the full length that we recorded, but for some reason in the middle of the podcast, it was just silent. There was no gain. No gain. No so pain time, and no gain. This time we are checking our gain. We we lost a lot of good material there. We really did. All that all that that whole bit about how Trunks dresses weird <sighs> and we lost the old dirty masters. And we lost <laughs> um Gohan as a go go dancer. Uh, oh no! Not Go Go. Lost Go Go in the Great Podcast War of last week. All right, well we're bringing Go Go back this week. I, I don't give a fuck. We're gonna bring back the old dirty masters too, because you can't keep them down. They, okay, they're too dirty. They're too Those dirty. Those masters. Nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll find out in this episode of Super Nerd Pals. The ODMs are coming. <laughs> We need we need a fucking guitar guy. We need a house. I band. mean, you play bass. I play guitar. I mean, I guess we could kind of do it. I mean, we can't. I could be vocal vocals. We can't guitar guy ourselves. Like that's what? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. You can't be your own house band, Chris. That's Come true. On, that's true. Okay, I'm sorry. We need an outside outside source material guitar guy. Man, yeah. we don't get, we don't got the game for that. We don't have monies. We don't have YouTube no, monies or Patreon monies. We don't we don't have gain. We don't have gain for a guitar. <laughs> We're not gain enough. Alright, so how are you guys this week? It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most simplistic <laughs> answer you've ever given on this show. It's good. It's good. <laughs> what uh, about you, Chris? Uh it's pretty good. I um I guess like the most prominent nerdy thing I did this week, um, it was tu- Tuesday? No, it was Wednesday. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Wednesday, I'll, I was talking about this new 
movie that was coming out in theaters called uh, Project Ito. Mother's Day. I'm sorry? Mother's Day starring Julia Roberts. Yes. Yes. It was a double Jennifer feature. It was, it was Mother's Day with Julia Roberts. And then it was Project Ito. The Empire of Corpses. Was it a double feature? <laughs> it was a double feature. It was it was kind of jarring. I mean, for, you know, you had this really, really sappy, emotional, this like you know, heartwarming romantic comedy about moms, and then Empire of Corpses. Empire of Corpses. It was. I mean, it was worth the money. It was. It was you know what's crazy is that Julia Roberts starred in both. <laughs> yeah, funny. plot twist. Plot twist. Yeah, uh, I. I did not know. I stayed. I stayed to the very end of the credits. And apparently, Julia Roberts was playing every single role. I was really impressed. She built the empire of corpses. She did. It was, it was quite an accomplishment. It was, it was a worldwide empire, not just like one wow. tiny empire in the middle of like Madagascar or some micro remote continent or island. I don't know. It's... <laughs> so random fun fact right now. Uh, some random number just started calling me, and I sent out a generic text that says, I'm in a meeting. <laughs> you are in a meeting. <laughs> I have no fucking clue who this person is. Meaning of the minds. So, uh, that happened. Yeah. You're an important man. Anyway, so, um, it's an anime movie. Uh, it was licensed by Funimation, like, like they've been doing for the last couple of years. It's basically a steampunk zombie movie, which is really, really interesting, which grabbed my attention. And I guess I came into the movie with a little bit too much expectation, or because like the, the like the first half was really strong, and then I don't know it was just the the writers got a little bit too zealous or carried away, but the the writing at the at like the tail end got really really complicated and kind of sloppy, so the end was kind of underwhelming. It became a backdoor Sherlock Holmes anime movie. Ugh, I don't know. It, it it was just trying to do too much in the end. I'm not going to riff about this too long. I'm going to write an article about it. But I, I'd say give it a try. I, if, it, if this was anime is weird, it would be good weird. And give it a try. But yeah. But Steampunk Zombies. I mean, that, that the, the first half which is, was just amazing. So And the premise was really strong. And I think I think they didn't encapsulate the entire potential of that, that one kernel of, a, of an amazing idea. But um... I, don't know, I think you should check it out. And they also released a trailer during the screening for another Project Ito movie called Magnolia, which looks amazing. So, yeah. So that was my nerd moment of the week. Was your real problem with the movie was there there was not enough gain? There was not enough gain. <laughs> this is true. I'll, I'll go write them a letter and be like, more gain, please. Onigashimasu. Senpai. Gain me. Gain. Gain, gain senpai, gain. notice me. Did you do something last week, Andy? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, well, last Friday was my birthday. Woo! Happy so. freaking birthday, man! You're 23 years old. Woo! You got 23 gains. Yay! No, I didn't really do much. Uh, Friday, I took off for my birthday, and I just kind of chilled in Central Park, and then uh, I got drunk after. It was fun. Hell yes. I beat uh, Fire Emblem Conquest and I started Revelation. <laughs> was that a sarcastic clap or? No, uh, that, that was a real. I ain't fucking getting around to it anytime soon. Clap. I, so, so far I've beaten Birthright, I've, I've beaten Conquest, 
And yeah, man, Fire Emblem Fates definitely going to be on that game of the year list at the end of the year, I think. Cause think it's, so? Yeah, as I'm, I've never, I already poured like something like combined both games seventy hours. Yeah, that's why I'm not getting around to it anytime soon. And I'm ready. I, I'm not fatigued at all. I'm ready to go another 50, 60 hours in Revelation, just taking my time, building out my castle. Jeez, and, man. and building all my... I've never felt that way about an RPG you're before. You're fucking trooper. And and this is your first Fire Emblem game. This is my first... Yeah, maybe that's why I'm not fatigued, because it's just... I just want more. I mean, to be honest, it's like every Fire Emblem is so different. You... Yeah. It... it you're gonna feel like that, regardless. Each, yeah. Each branch offers an, a, a a fresh enough perspective that it does that. Even though I'm kind of doing the same thing more or less, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. And Revelation is cool because it, it combines the best of both paths, and so you can you can build out your your my castle, but you can use you can use pieces from both kingdoms. So I have four resources now instead of just two. You know, like a mineral and like an edible. So now I've got four of those because they, they take from both sides. And then you can build each different type of building that is exclusive to both paths. So you can have the rod shop or you can have the staff shop. You can have the dusk armory and also the dawn armory. So you can fill out a boss-ass castle, which is the best of, of everything. That's amazing. And you, it combines both casts from both games. And you can romance them up. You make some cross babies going on over here. Get a nice strong army going. Everyone's got different colored hair because they they got new new daddies and mommies out there <laughs> that they couldn't have before. You got new relationships going on. It's great, and everybody hates you because you decided <laughs> to choose nobody. And so now everybody wants to kill you. I was uh, telling Stan about this. I found this meme picture that gave a rundown, a generic rundown of each Fire Emblem game. And when it got down to fates, it was uh, orphan disappoints everyone. <laughs> that is essentially the basic plot line of Revelation, especially because yeah, they don't take too kindly to you deciding not to choose sides, and that's kind of what launches you in the story. And it's it's a good story. I like it. I like that it's it's different enough from both paths, and it feels it feels like you're you're. Imagine if Birthright and Conquest were two different Marvel hero movies, and now Revelation is like the Avengers. You got to bring them all together to take on like the real villain, and so that's it's it's awesome. Can't wait to get around to it <laughs> eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to finish uh, finish Birthright. Uh, I'm on, like chapter twenty, twenty one. You're you're right there. You're I'm right on chapter ten. You're at the end. Uh, so I'm just this this much closer to getting the, the ultimate gain. Uh, then um, <laughs> and then um, I, I'm in like chapter six or seven of Conquest, and oh, you're playing them side by side. Well, you know, what happened originally? I pre-ordered both, but then GameStop kind of screwed up my pre-order, so they ran out of Birthright. So I only had physical. Oh, I picked up my physical copy of Conquest. This is my. This is also my first Fire Emblem too, but I really, really love the characters of Birthright. But I love the challenge, like the hardcore challenge of Conquest. So I played to. I played a couple chapters in Conquest, but I was like, I want the characters from Ho- Hoshido because Saizo and ninjas and samurais and stuff. So I bought the digital version. Then I've been playing through Birthright. So I'm almost done with that. So I'm really excited to get back to Conquest because, like, I just love. 
how much of a challenge. It was like, I got like pure adrenaline gain from... Revelation is going to be right up your alley because it has the characters from Birthright and it has the challenge of Conquest and also the characters of Conquest. And especially in the in the first few chapters of Revelation, when it's just you and two other people against both armies and you kind of <laughs> have to just get your ass out of, out of Dodge. And it's just, you have to really use every... This is why I... Because, all right, so when... It's when you want to play Revelation on the internet, it says that you should at least play one path, but I absolutely think you should play both. Because by the time I finished Conquest, I was such a hardcore badass that I went back to fight the final boss in Birthright with my same stats. And the final boss fight, the first time through on Birthright, it took me like an hour. After beating Conquest, I went back to that mission in Birthright and and fucking beat the dude up in one turn. <laughs> they, the enemy didn't even get a turn because I just rolled in like a SWAT team and just like knocked out everyone around the boss and then surrounded him with all my team members and we just wasted him in one turn. That's crazy. Because you have to, you got to be like some crazy strategist on Conquest because you don't have enough time to, to level up or grind. So you have to, you have to work with what you have. Well, I have the collector's edition, and when I went to do uh, Revelations, it, it says it recommends to play both sides before yeah. you play Revelations. Yeah. So, of course, I went with that recommendation. It's It works from both a story standpoint and from a gameplay standpoint, because this both, a, both stories are good like enough. It's a teaching stepping stone. Yes, you start with Birthright, and that's like you get your feet with, you go to Conquest, and then you, you kind of really have to use everything that you learned. And then you go to Revelation, and it's now it's like okay, now you got all the resources, but still the challenge. So you can like, do. You know what you're doing. You know, so... yeah, you know what you're doing. Build build out your castle the way you want. Build out your team the way you want. Just have fun. Right on. I like it. Fireball Fates is definitely on my list for best best game game of the year. Wow, really game of the year. Oh, yeah, already. It's, uh, I mean, I still I still have to wait till fi- until I finish Conquest and Revelations, but uh, it's such a good game for sure. I can also see being a contender for me, uh, Uncharted 4. It's not even out, man. I know. But <laughs> it's not even out. Come try, on. Yo, I'm fucking huge on Uncharted. So. Didn't that go already, like, gold or platinum already or something? Cannot wait. What? Didn't, didn't, didn't Uncharted already achieve, like, gold status or platinum status already? I have no idea. Okay, I just, on the on the 10th, right? It's it comes not out, out on, yet. It comes on out the 10th, on the 10th. May 10th. That's what I meant. comes out the same day as Deadpool on DVD. Nice. So I'm wasting so much money on that shit. I still have um, the store credit you got me for my birthday, Chris. Hell yeah, I did. I'm going to probably put that towards Uncharted. I've been waiting for the right moment to use it, and I think I'm going to use it on Uncharted's Uncharted. that moment. Yeah. All right, guys, you want to move on to Newsflash? Newsflash. Newsflash. <laughs> With Newsflash, this is going to be a bit of a recap. Explosions. <laughs> Jeez, that was real delayed. Sorry. I hope the guy got out. I hope he got out in time. <laughs> I think so. Chris is fine in his closet right there. Oh man! Uh, yeah, all safe. This, this closet has gained. It's amazing. It's like my, it's like my Dang. hyperbolic time chamber right here. Anyway, this newsflash is a bit of a recap because, like we said before, we lost a ton, a ton of audio last week, and a lot of that gold came out of the kind of our chatter and our discussion of Dragon Ball Fusion. So. We got some new news about the game this week, so we're gonna do a little bit of recap and then a little bit, a little bit of discussion of the new news. So for Nintendo 3DS, there's a new Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Universe RPG that's coming out called Dragon Ball Fusions. As the title implies, fusions are a very, very he- heavy element of the game. 
Um, Stan, you had a great point. You were saying it could it could be like Persona. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, the way that that it looks like it's structured to me, it reminds me a lot of Xenoverse in the fact that you're like bouncing through the eras of, of Dragon Ball, and then it also seems like Persona because you're collecting these characters and then you're also fusing them. So I feel like you're creating a character and you're collecting Z warriors and villains as sort of like team members, and then you're combining those. And it's not, it's I don't think it's gonna be temporary. I feel like it's almost gonna be like a like a mega fusion in Pokemon. You like you like hit the the watch or whatever the hell it is, and they fuse, and then once the battle's over, they go back kind of thing. Which is a little different than Persona, because once you fuse Persona, they're fused for life. So I feel like this is going to be like a by-battle basis. Kind of sounds like it's also kind of like a Fire Emblem. You're building your ultimate team. Yeah, ultimate team. The Z-team. It's like Pokemon. You're just you're collecting... You got all the Z-warriors on your belt. <laughs> you're just evolving the shit out of them. I hope in the vein of Pokemon, players can use their fusions to battle other players in their fusions and just have battle royales cool. all day, every day. That'd be awesome. Uh, I'm gonna get my Go Go fusion and fucking your Goku wreck go on. everyone. Yo, Andy, explain Go Go. Alright, so Go Go is a say, uh, well, it's it's the Goku Gohan fusion that never happened because Gohan couldn't catch the Potara earring. So, so we chose that they were gonna go with the name Go Go. So, what happens is Go Go is a Go Go dancer at night to pay for the bills and a superhero by day. Because superheroing doesn't pay for bills, so you need to you, you need to get the money somewhere. It's a natural extension of the Great Saiyan character. So yeah, he he's like Great Saiyan man, but but then by night he's Gogo, the Gogo dancer. Because he's no longer smart enough to be a scholar because he fused with Goku. This is true. Yeah, because Goku's Goku's kind of stupid. But he's smart enough. But he's to smart know that... enough to know that he needs money for bills. Exactly. So that's that's where he the the nightlife comes in. <laughs> Because he's got to, all he can do is use his body at this point. Do you, do you think he like go-go dances to the Dragon Ball Z theme? Oh, hell yeah. He <laughs> has to. Which one? Rock the Dragon? Rock the Dragon. I mean, Chala, Hedgehog. There you go. <laughs> or like the GT. I think once he hears the GT theme, he's like, all right, I'm going home. It's time. My night's over. As do we all. <laughs> so, like, I... It's an RPG, but it looks like, um, I was saying this last week, like Kingdom Hearts-esque, in that you have worlds, and it looks like you'll you'll bounce between the worlds. I just, like, just from the trailer, it looks less, unless I'm completely off base, it looks a little less than um, how the universe is set up, where it's a hub world and you go and do battles. I feel like this is going to be more fleshed out where you're roaming actual fields and getting into fights that way. I could be wrong, but from what it looks like, I and the variety of locations. I'm hoping it's a more fleshed out RPG, like Legacy of Goku, but 3D. I love Legacy of Goku. We also talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The love for Legacy of Goku is real here. So, so real. Yeah, I hope I hope this is a natural, like some sort of halfway point between Xenoverse and Legacy of Goku by way of Persona slash Pokemon. God damn, this game has a lot of expectations to live up to. Yeah. And like I was saying last week, the fusion aspect is like... The fusion aspect is something that I, I've I've really latched onto as one of my favorite concepts out of Dragon Ball. Just just combining two fighters to make a more powerful fighter. Since Budokai 2, I've been wanting more of those crazy what-if what if fusions. And so I'm, I'm finally happy that they're bringing them into this game. And making a whole game around it, which I feel like they should have done. Do you think that they 
that you might be able to fuse everyone? It looks like it. There's a lot of news listed so far. They've listed three different types of fusions for Krillin. So they have um, Krillin and Piccolo, who becomes Perillin, Kid Goku and Krillin to become Gorillin, and Krillin and Kid Gohan to become Krigohan. Um, they also have my, my dream fusion, you know, Kakarot, Goku, slash Broly. That was the tease at the end of the first trailer, and I freaked out so much about it. And really, really recently, or they teased some new images. They have a fusion between Pan and Videl, and her name is Pandel. And they also mentioned this type of fusion is called the EX fusion, which allows Isn't it for called a, a maxi fusion. Or am I? I'm sorry. Did I read that wrong? Uh, Wasn't it fusion? called? Ma- I don't know. It, like a maxi fusion or something. Let's see. To perform EX fusion, which allows any two people to merge regardless of their power levels, you need an item called the Metama Ring, and you also have to have the maxi gauge filled up in battle. It's maxi oh wait. Gauge. Um. Oh. The, you're talking about the maxi fusion, which allows up to five people to merge at once. Yeah, five, five people. What? <laughs> five people. Five at once. people. I think the didn't the, the one that they showed. They didn't show what the fusion looked like, but it was like tr- kid trunks, kid Goten, kid Goku, Pan, <laughs> and kid Gohan. And I think kid Gohan. Holy it was shit. like all the all the children characters like fused. And I think that's interesting because even though they didn't show what the result is. They confirm the fact that you can have cross-gender fusions, and I think that that's that's fine, and it, it becomes almost like um, an androgynous fusion when it when it comes out, which is fine because that's anime, you know, everyone looks androgynous. But that's when I was thinking about it, that's how they would kind of pull that off, I think, without leaning too far in either direction. But I, it would be, it would, I'm interested in what it looks like when you have four male characters and then Pan. And, like, how do you even make five characters look, like, is it going to have, like, a streak of purple hair and, like, a tail and, like, Pan's bandana or something? <laughs> like, how are they going to pull that off? Also, they show GT Pan. It was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was the art of GT Pan. So, as far as we know, from that information, we're going to go from Dragon Ball, because Kid Goku. To GT. All the way up to GT. And probably into Super, which I'm just speculating here, but it seems, why not, right? So the the five way fusion I think strengthens my my thought that it's going to be like persona because you can do two way fusions then three way fusions and then four way fusions and then and then the ultimate is like the five way fusion. This seems like you know you get five characters together and it's like then they then they unfuse. I have to think really hard on what five characters I want to merge. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's anybody. Another thing I was thinking about is like maybe once they fuse, they become like just a gold being or something. You know, what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so you wouldn't actually see what they look like, but it would just be like this all powerful character, and that way you can have any five characters fuse without having to worry about the particulars. But no, I want to worry about the particulars. <laughs> I know. I want to see what a five person fusion. And I'm going like deep into my anal- my analysis of this game, but <laughs> the fact that they have Pan and Videl fusing means that I. They absolutely must have confirmed Goku and Gohan, even though it's not confirmed. Yeah, there's no way you you're gonna have a mother daughter fusion without a father son fusion. You know, if they're gonna do Pan Videl, there's no way they're gonna skip out on a Goku Gohan. Do you think they're gonna do Trunks Vegeta? Oh hell yeah, they have to. You just you just made my life <laughs> saying that. Wait wait, which I trunks, didn't even though? know like, I wanted trunks, that. Future Trunks, Future Trunks, Future Trunks, trunks. and Gotta Vegeta. Do it. It's done. Trajita. Maybe he'll learn how to dress. <laughs> Finally. 
<laughs> or the junks. The junks. The junks. <laughs> Sounds like you're about to say vagina and then like abort it. The junks. The junks. Uh, that's great. I want to. I want support fusions. Chichi and Bulma. What about Chichi and uh, Chichi and Videl? Well, Videl's like a fighter. I was thinking like support. Like for that, I want to see like Chichi and Ox King. <laughs> <laughs> Daughter father fusions. <laughs> Trunks and Bulma. That's pretty that's pretty great. They would look the same. They really would. It would be uh it would just be like strips of uh blue and purple hair. Blue and purple, yeah. What about uh Hercule and Videl? <laughs> God. It's gonna be Videl with an Afro. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, what about um King Kai's monkey and the the cricket Bubbles? guy? Bubbles, Bubbles and, and uh, Gregory? Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> that would be an awesome support. Bubegri. That would be. Or like, I was thinking of a good one for King Kai. King Kai and Supreme Kai. That would be like Supreme King Kai. But it would have King Kai's voice. It'd be, it'd be like, fuck <laughs> your voice, Supreme Kai. It's King Kai's turn. King Kai's Supreme King Kai. Supreme King Kai. Like, Goku! <laughs> <laughs> Look at my hair! That's my King Kai impression. Look <laughs> at the gain on that. <laughs> oh, so much gain. Goku, you can't fight Frieza. We don't have the budget. Too many episodes. It's like the worst impression I've ever done. It's King Kai, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Goku, put on some pants for the love of God. <laughs> Just because you're sleeping on my couch doesn't mean you get to be naked. Why is Goku <laughs> sleeping on his couch naked? Because Chi-Chi kicked him out again. He never visits his kids. <laughs> He's a worse dad than Superman. I don't think anyone's worse dad than Superman. You'd be surprised. Alright, I'm, I'm done. I like to I like to establish it at SMP canon that Vegeta is way better a dad or is a way better dad than Goku. He is. I mean, do you see the way he treats Bala? He treats it right. He like he he cut his mustache because she suggested it. That's not parenting. I don't know what is. Remember how how pissed off Vegeta got when um she got wounded by by Beerus or Beerus? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Beerus hit Bulma. Well, yeah, Beerus hit Bulma. And that's no Bulma. But Vegeta, like, I feel like Vegeta knew that he couldn't beat Goku in power level, so he decided just to become a better father. He's like, I can't beat Goku in power level, but parenting. Parenting. I wrote the book on that. I mean, he, he fucking might as well have. But to be fair, Goku never really had a dad. You know, he never got to know Bardock. Well, he had Grandpa he Gohan. Adopted. He barely had Gohan. He killed him. <laughs> That's true. Go- Goku's a bad dad and a bad son. The oh, fuck? Man, he's real bad. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Jeez, Goku, got your act together. I mean, Vegeta's kind of an asshole, but you know what? He knows he knows about those family ties. And he's he's a proud son and a proud father. But Vegeta's all about that family life. He knows family first. Family first. Piccolo too. Goku's like, oh yeah, I got a family. Oh, battle. Oh, we out. Peace. <laughs> Fucking drop his kid on the head. Just dip. <laughs> drop his go ten on the head. Oh, fuck you, kid. I need to go fight someone.
You know, the beginning of Dragon Ball Super, he gets the reward money from Hercule. Then he just, he gives it to Chi-Chi and ditches to, to go train. Yeah, he's like, he's like all right, I'm what? done. What? Does he really? He's like, I paid my child support. I'm out of here. Goku's oh, like, yo, the fuck is money? I don't need this shit. Here you go, Chi-Chi, peace. Pretty much. We should probably do Dragon Ball Z podcast because every time we have that topic, <laughs> we go like an hour just like bullshitting about the the finer details of the lore. <laughs> okay, SMP Podcast, Rock the Dragon. That's our title. Done. Such gain. I would do a Dragon Ball podcast. I'd do a Dragon Ball podcast. I feel like we could pull it off. Alright, well, we'll just add it to the list of podcast ideas we have running. So, it'd be great. <laughs> okay. Too many. Alright, next on the list. I am very excited for Dragon Ball Fusions. Super excited. That's, that's the last one. I cannot wait. I they didn't announce it for the West, but they absolutely must. The the excitement that I have is more than my gain. <laughs> All right. So Chris, you got news about Pax East this this week? I'll just I'll just keep it super short, and I'll I'll include um, links to articles in the show notes. But Pax East just happened this weekend. I didn't keep up with all the news. I was very selective, and then I was just. Uh, seeing whatever popped up. And the two games I'm really, really excited for, Pyre. Uh, this is the latest game from Supergiant Games. And this is the same guys who did Bastion and Transistor. Pyre is this new high fantasy RPG. From all the reviews and first impressions, it's like a really strange and formula-breaking, way-out-of-the-box kind of RPG. So the story premise is, like, there's three companions, and they wake up in Purgatory, and they're trapped... But you as the main character or the protagonist, you have the ability to read certain runes or certain books. And by reading the books, you, you, you gain additional knowledge. Through that, you're allowed to like, traverse your way out of tr- purgatory. When you're in combat, it turns into this really quirky mini battle system where it's a mix of Transistor meets Rocket League meets Dota. It's really, it's, you have to watch the video to, to get it, but it's, the battle's like 3v3, and you have to switch off between this tank, or this super fast scout, or the medium balanced character in terms of speed, and you have to take this orb and run it across the map to the other person's goal, and the more goals you score the more pyres you receive, and these pyres are necessary to level up your character and to gain more of this resource to get out of purgatory. It's really bizarre, but really cool. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, so such gain. Uh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, Supergiant games, they're always pushed the boundaries of what... They just really subvert a lot of game tropes and really pushed and experiment with new formulas. I mean... I enjoyed both Transistor and Bastion, so... I think I'm excited. I'm excited for whatever they do. It's not going to come out this year. It's going to come out in 2017. But it's easily going to be one of my most anticipated games for that year. And the other one I'm really excited for, Outlast 2. Outlast came out, I think, in 2012 or 13, And it was one of the most scariest horror games I've ever seen in my life. And now they're back. And this one's all about Satanism and occult stuff. See, uh, Outlast, it... it scared the shit out of me until I found out a little secret about the game. Like, plot-wise or just mechanic-wise? Uh, game mechanic-wise, which made the game a lot less scary. If you keep running, no matter what direction, the enemy will never, ever catch you. 
They program the enemies to run slightly slower than you, so that they will never catch you if you run. Ah. Even if you run into a wall? Well, no. If you run into a wall, you're (laughs) fucked. But if you're, like, running in circles, you could run around uh, a table all fucking day, and they'll never catch you. Ever. That's true. That's true, yeah. So, like, once I learned that, the game just became a lot less scary. I thought you were going to say, like... But I hope they fix that. That's where that was going. Yeah, in PAX, they released two gameplay videos. They're redoing their engine. They're, the enemies are they operate a lot differently than the first game. And totally, it's like the children of the corn, but way more fucked up. It's crazy. Like, just like Satanism and end times, apocalypse kind of stuff. The game takes place in this abandoned village or town. They released two gameplay videos and... The second one, you escape this barn house, and you're just running. You're sprinting through the cornfield. People with flashlights are running after you. The demo before that, you encounter sacrificial altars, this giant nest of dead babies. It's, it's really fucked up and, and, and messed up. Um, so I'm really excited about this game. Yeah, it sounds really good. I can't... I'm, I'm hyped for it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. And if it's VR compatible, holy shit. Holy shit. Oh, if it's VR compatible, I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> That's a guarantee. <laughs> like, <laughs> no question. I mean, I feel like if the original was uh, VR compatible, like if it came out the same time as the VR, I would, uh, I'd be scared as fuck. I mean, I can, I can barely play horror games as it is. If you put me in there, like PT, right? I could barely play PT with headphones on. So I can't imagine actually having a headset on and being fully immersed. For me, I would love to try it out, but legit, maybe every 10 or 15 minutes, I have to like take the headset off and go around and take a walk around the block because my heart, my heart's going to explode at my chest. We established that life, life is not that intense. (laughs) (laughs) He just needs that reassurance. Exactly. Games that I would want to see on the VR, it would be like Silent Hill. Or like Resident Evil. I would love to explore those worlds in Resident VR. Evil. They, imagine if they remade the first Resident Evil in VR and you're exploring the mansion. Or Resident Evil 2 where you're exploring like... Raccoon well, City. Yeah. Or 3 with the thrill of just Nemesis oh, randomly no. being there. Like, eh, okay. Taking it off. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it off. Metal Gear Solid 1. Shadow Moses Island. That would be fucking Headset awesome. On. Hiding underneath a tank. Like sneaking around in like the ventilation shaft in VR. And then you have like a gun controller remote. That'd be so cool. How would you fight Psycho Mantis though? (laughs) You wouldn't. How would you do it in VR? That's my question. Because he would know. It's true. They'd they'd figure that shit out. And then he he would look up your Google searches and then you'd be done. (laughs) (laughs) It's game over. I cannot wait for VR. I'm not quite sure which one I want to get, but I'm leaning towards PSVR. I see you look up a lot of Corgi videos. <laughs> yes, I'm obsessed with Corgi videos. <laughs> I want to have Corgi simulators for VR. That'd be awesome. All right, cool. Uh, so that's it for news? Yeah, that's it for news. Yeah. So the next topic would be mine. Pokemon! Yay! So it's almost the first of the month, and that means we are getting new Big event, shoulder ghost new man. Event. Legendary, he's dark. Big shoulder, dark ghost man. <laughs> this month we're getting Dark Rally. Now for those of you in America, 
the only place you can actually get Darkrai is through GameStop using a code. And that is because GameStop is also selling the Darkrai plush in a bag. Whoa. In a bag. Yep. Does he have big-ass shoulders? He indeed has big-ass shoulders. So many shoulders on that guy. And he's got a shoulder on his head. That's how much shoulders he's got. I mean, that's like his head. He's like <laughs> Super Saiyan. He's like... Fucking, fucking badass. He looks like he's headbanging. Like... Darkrai's my man. Darkrai's the shit. I thought I was your man. You are my man, but Darkrai is <laughs> my Pokemon. Alright. And then uh, for Pokemon Sun and Moon, we got two confirmed names for Pokemon. So Lunala is the first one. And the second one is... Solgaleo. That's what I'm going to call him. Sol... That's the closest I'll get to that name. Solgaleo. Soul Marco Polo. Soul Caliber, my favorite fighting game. Soul Caliber 2. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that these are definitely uh I think these are definitely legendary names. And yeah. just off the the names themselves, so Galio is definitely a lion and uh Lunala. All I get from that name is I think of Nala from uh, Lion King. From Lion <laughs> that's King. Thing, that's the same thing I thought. So I think they're both like Lion and Maybe lions. Pokemon Sun you play as Mufasa and then Pokemon Moon you get Scar. Scar's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool though. You gotta give it up. I mean which scar are we talking about? Full Metal Alchemist Scar. Nice. He blew shit up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the guy with the face, and he's he like he, well, he does anti uh, alchemy or something yeah. like that. I, something like that. Scars the shit. He's got the de- deconstruction tattoo on his arm and just kills people by like laying hands on them and explodes their brain. He has a slightly different color arm. Slightly, <laughs> yeah, slightly. Well, it's his brother's arm. It. So, well, it's his brother's arm. He took it. He he was like, "Give me that arm." Give me that arm. Took he it. gained an arm. Ah! He, uh, <laughs> Ah! <laughs> Stan's right. like, shut up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it as far as Pokemon stuff. Uh, I'm really excited for the Darkrai event. I haven't had a, a legal, a, like an actual Darkrai event since uh, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum Darkrai event. DP. So that's uh, that was a while ago. And I can't wait to see the legendary pictures or pokemon pictures for sun and moon in general Better so excited up. for this game Better live up. oh i'm sure it will as long as it's not black black and white to those to those wild bird men from black and white remember black those wild bird men on the cover of black and white those wild bird men those wild bird men legendaries zekrom and rusharam yeah whatever they were named those wild bird men i actually really like zekrom they were they're bird men right they're wild he was a Thunder Dragon type. <clears throat> Birdman. Made me think of... Well, uh, then were Michael Keaton. <laughs> wild Birdman. Was a Y guy also a Wild Birdman? A Y guy? Evatel? Yeah. <laughs> he was a Wild Birdman too, right? He was uh, dark flying, yeah. You know, uh, they did a... They did a research into Pokemon, and they found, objectively, the Pokemon games that had Wild Birdman on them were better. 90% better than the other version. I just made that shit up. <laughs> but it's true. Gold and Silver were the Listen, best Pokemon games because they both had Wild Birdman on it. 
Let me let me just reassure everyone. I have no fucking clue what Stan's <laughs> talking about. I lost it. I got my brain got overloaded by all these years of Pokemon. Red and blue, right? This is why red is objectively the better version because he's half a wild Birdman. Charizard <laughs> is is what I'm saying. It's the same goddamn game, but it has the wild Birdman on it. So so what if red, blue, and yellow actually had Zapdos, Moltres, and Articuno? Then that would be the best. Oh, so many wild birdmen. They should have did that. So many wild birdmen. I don't even understand. Those are the best legendaries besides Mewtwo. He's so close to being a wild birdman. All he's missing is the wings. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> How many legendaries are there by now? Uh, 30. Right? I don't know. I'm just uh, taking a stab in the dark. There's no way that's right. No, it's just Hoenn. Where is the list of just straight up legendaries? I'm about to just start naming them. Like, Wait, we'll, hold we'll get on. There Let's, I want to see something real quick. Alright, let's see how many of these are wild birdmen. Articuno, Mocha, Zapdos. Right? Mewtwo and Mew are, are honorary wild birdmen. <laughs> Because Mew is the originator of all the Pokemon, yeah, and Mewtwo is, Mewtwo is his 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 um his clone his clone. So they're they're honorary. Lugia and Ho-Oh, Celebi, um, Latios, Latias, Mister Latias over here. <laughs> um, Kyogre is a whale. He doesn't count. But he has wings. Rayquaza, but he's a he's he's a, he's a he's water, a he's, a water yeah. he's a water man. He's a water man. Okay. He's not a wild bird man. Rayquaza. Now, where, where do you stand on Rayquaza as a wild bird man? Rayquaza's half a dragon, half flying. He's wild bird right, man. So he's at least half a wild bird man. Deoxys, oh, fuck that guy. I hate that guy. I hate him so bad. He's like the John Cena of legendaries. What about Arceus? Arceus is like the god of Pokemon. Yeah, but he ain't wild bird man. He, he doesn't even have a hint of wings on him. You give him a sky plate and he becomes flying type. Yeah, but that's not permanent. If if you fucking leave the item on him, it is. But it's not permanent. And listen, Dark Rye's shoulders are so big they could might as well be <laughs> wings. So he's a wild bird man too. Let's see who else we got on on the list here. Okay, uh, uh, uh. Thunderous, Tornadus, Landorus. They're not bird man though. All right, Tornadus at least. All right, all right. Wind. Did you see his incarnate form? All Hold right. on. Uh, not incarnate. What's the other form? Therian. All right, that's definitely yeah. He's definitely a wild bird man. I agree with your with your um, sources here. He what is his name? Tornadus. Tornadus. Wild bird man for sure. Then you got the the black and white bird men. What are the names? Zekrom and Rushrod. All right, those those guys. Then you got Wybird. Wait, what about Kirum? Is he a bird? Kind of. Is he a wild bird man? They're like broken wings. Mm. Don't know. What do we and think, he Chris? Can, he confused with the birdmen. Black and white bird, man. All right, and when he's fused, I'll give him that. But without it... Okay, so black and white Kirum. Wild Birdman. Wild Birdman. And then Wybird. Guys, 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 you're missing the most important two. You know, you know the Winged Dragon of Raw and Slide for the Sky Dragon. And the Winged Dragon of Raw, you need a poem to go along with him. That's, that's Who is that? Winged Dragon of the Raw? Winged Dragon yeah. of Raw. Oh my god. Stan. What the hell is that? Who's what Pokemon is that? <laughs> oh, get that trash out of here! That's some Yu-Gi-Oh shit. 
That ain't no wild bird, man. That's, that's wild Egyptian god card. All right, so wait. Let's go back to my original thesis. Go back. All right. Yes or no? The wild bird man are objectively the better. Uh, well, let's see. Mewtwo and Mew. Uh... Well, this is all Gen 1 here. So we all we all know. We're all in agreement that red, blue, yellow, objectively one of the better Pokemon games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I can I can go with that. Um, you're still missing Giratina. I think Giratina can classify as Wild Birdman. Lugia and Oho are also? Especially origin, origin form Giratina. Who? My man Keldeo. He ain't a Birdman? The Unicorn. He's got hooves. No, but I'm, I'm saying, you're saying if they're the better ones. But my man Keldeo is not a Wild Birdman. He's the shit. And, and yeah, I guess everything besides I think you're only missing, like, Giratina and Keldeo. These guys, like, right? The shit. Diamond and Pearl? No, no, Giratina. Oh, that guy? Yo, Keldeo. Listen, this guy? He's, like, some kind of crazy ghost bird bug. So he can be a wild bird, man. Let me, let me show you Giratina origin form. Yeah, look at him. He's got, like, 12 wings, this guy. Yeah. And he's got claws at the end of the wings. He's totally a wild bird, man. He like, scary and shit. Yeah, alright, so you know, I'm saying, dream. like, the the Pokemon games that have Wild Birdmen on them, or in them, are the better games. <laughs> and then when you break this down, every Pokemon game got a Wild Birdman in it. Right, but I want to specifically say the ones on the cover. Is on the cover. And not pictured here is Charizard, who's not legendary, but he is on the cover of Red. And Red is the best version. Because <laughs> he is a Wild Birdman. I will subjectively say Blue is better. He doesn't even have wings. That's all I'm going to say about Blastoise, right? Arm cannons. <laughs> Listen. Unless he could turn those arm cannons upside down and turn into a water jetpack. He probably could. He might. He just might. Anyway. We're going way <laughs> off topic. <laughs> we don't even have a topic. You just wanted to display I just some... wanted to, like, fucking give out that Pokemon. I turned it into a topic. <laughs> My wild Birdman. Birdman! <laughs> anyway. Good stuff. Moving on. If I was the gym leader, okay, of a Pokemon gym. He wouldn't be flying gym, he'd be Birdman gym. The Wild Birdman. Would it be better to call it the Wild Birdmon? Because mm. play on word Pokemon. Alright, Wild Birdmon because sometimes... And you also sound Jamaican as hell. <laughs> wild Birdmon! And, and the badge, when you, when you beat me, is actually just the head of Michael Keaton. It's just like a <laughs> pin of his head. Stan, you have to you have to dress up as a uh, Harvey Birdman attorney at law as well. That is fucking genius, Michael Keaton. There you go, Pokemon people. <sighs> well, let's move on to this week's polls. <laughs> While we still have stuff, oh, okay. this week's polls we got for Chris and Stan. They share Alien Defiance issue one. Bam. Chris got Batman fifty one, Dark Knight three issue four. Uh, for me, Grayson 19, We Are Robin 11. And for Stan, All New Wolverine 7, Alien Defiance Issue 1 also, Squirrel Girl Issue 7, and Batgirl 51. Squirrel Girl Issue 7 is going to be a good one because it's going to be Choose Your Own Adventure comic. And it starts a whole new arc, I think. it's This issue, Issue 7, is either going to be a standalone or it'll be the beginning of a new arc. So pick up Squirrel Girl number when 7. When you said a whole new arc, all I thought of was a whole new world. <laughs> A whole new 
world. Yeah. I thought that too. Just putting that out there. It's all good. Sidebar, Aladdin is an incredible Broadway production. Sidebar, Aladdin also has a Birdman. The carpet. And Iago. And Iago. And he, oh, fuck Iago. He's a douchebag. <laughs> man, Iago, man, he's got that. It's Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey. It's Gilbert Godfrey the, the, I love his voice. Listen, Aladdin. Gil, Gilbert Godfrey was also Technus in, uh, in, uh, fucking Danny Phantom. That was an awesome show. He was also, isn't he also in Cyber Chase? That dumbass cartoon for kids? I've never watched that show. Ugh, don't. <laughs> he was the, the principal in, uh, Problem Child. He wasn't Problem Child. <laughs> That is where I always will remember him from. <laughs> Somehow always running into the douchebag kid no matter what he does. That's why he did problem, child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Gilbert Godfrey got like four different jobs. The titular. Each, each one, he encountered the douchebag ass kid. The titular problem, child. Man, X gonna give it to you. Chris, why are you excited for 51 Batman? 51. 51. Batman 51, I'm gonna be so emotional over it. Because it's the last issue where Scott Snyder and Capullo will be together. And No That is an awesome team. Yeah. Yeah, their run in Batman is is pretty legendary, I think. They've been doing Batman for what, like almost like eight years already? They didn't they start the new fifty two? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Snyder and Capullo just brought like so many new things to the universe which are now like really established, you know, like the Court of Court of Owls. I think it's easy to, to create new villains, but to create villains that have really, really long-lasting impact. I mean, you had Hush, I feel like one of the last great recent villains, but he's not so recent anymore, but like the Court of Owls and just like deepening, reshaping the entire lore of Gotham City and how it, it connects to Dick Grayson and his line. Oh, it's so good. They also they also wrote that uh, really sick fucking Joker story where Joker pretends to rip off all of the Bat Family faces. Death of the Family. Yeah, Death of the Family. It was so legit. Um, Zero Year. They, they gave the early years of Batman like a new twist and a revised origin of the Red Hood gang. The Riddler being like the, the prime villain uh, during Batman's early days. Oh, that was so good. And Bloom. And Bloom. Dude, Bloom. Bloom's a cool, cool villain. Jim Gordon, Mecca. Jim Gordon, Batman. That's I didn't know that they would be able to, do, to pull that off, but... He's something else inside the mech suit and in that super sleek, skin-tight number he's got going on. Oh, Even though he had to shave his mustache. The only time I can think of Jim Gordon Batman is that uh, that one issue that you showed us, the cover of, where he's like... Oh, yeah, when he's like... Suit, he's like... He's posing. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like striker pose Vogue. He's working Underrated, it. that bat suit. Jim Gordon's bat suit is really... Something else. I like yeah, I really suit. like Jim Gordon's bat suit. And uh, their run also gave Dick the uh, the mantle for a little while. Yeah. It's really good stuff. And um, the premise of this issue, they were saying how Batman has already defeated Gloom. And the story of 51 is basically Batman on a quiet night. Or like a crime-free night, quote-unquote, in Gotham. Which I really think is no such thing. Well, it's no such thing, but like, like, there's no like god level, dragon level threats destroying Gotham City, or so it seems to be, at least for now. But if that's the route they're taking, I think it's a really cool way to end it because you know, it Batman has been going through so much shit. Like he lost his memory, he like died basically in Endgame with 
him and the Joker. Then he came back to life, but then he didn't know he was Batman. But then he got his memory back, and now he's trying to get used to the trauma or the burden of being Batman again. It's like restarting the mantle or restarting the mythos of Batman. By the way, remembering that you're Batman has got to be the worst thing you've ever remembered in your life. <laughs> like, like you just wake up one day, like, worry-free, and then one day you wake up, fuck, I'm Batman! No, it's even worse. It's like, he probably got up, he probably, God damn it. He probably put some hot cocoa in the microwave, and he's just like, what am I going to do today? And he's like, fuck! <laughs> That's pretty much what happened, because, like, when he was, you know, not Batman, when he was, he was actually happy, he had, he was working... In a children's shelter home, and he was—he used the trophies from the Batcave, and he converted to a playground. He had a love with lady, and they loved each other. And but no, but no, it all got ruined when uh, Jim Gordon had to go through him, and he had to go through Alfred, and then Clark Kent, Superman tried to break the news to Batman too, and man. Man, Batman, and the Batman's like, shit. I have like, I can never be happy again. But I'm Batman, so I got to do this. I mean, it's got to be the worst slash best thing you can, like, remember. Exactly. So that's why I'm really excited for this issue, because it's going to be a really introspective issue. I mean, this is like a new status quo. Bruce Wayne, Batman, still trying to get used to being Batman. And it's sort of like a clean slate, if I remember correctly. At the end of Endgame, Bruce... Oh, the Joker lived because of the special chemical uh, that he and Bruce were exposed to. So it's implied that all of Bruce Wayne's wounds... And scars that he ever, ever accumulated over the course of being Batman has been completely healed. It's almost like a rebirth. Exactly. So not well, not only is this like a new Batman Bruce Wayne, but it's a literally, physically, he's actually more stronger than he, he's ever been before. He's never been in better f- physical shape in his life. I mean, mentally, that's another thing. Or morally, that's another thing too. But it's re- it's just setting up, a, setting up the ground for like a brand new... Batman in the future, future forward, which I, I think it's going to be a really strong ending. It's, it's going to be a really bittersweet ending because um, again, Capullo and Snyder. Just, I can't can't believe it. But I'm going to cry. I'm going to gain all the tears with 51. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be so great. It's so horrible, but great. All the gain tears. But, yeah. yeah. Um. So that's pretty much it for uh, comic polls. Hell yeah. So Stan. Want to lead us into our next topic? Yeah, so I've been playing Ratchet and Clank recently. Uh, I won't go too deep into it because I haven't beaten it yet. But this is the first time I've ever played a Ratchet and Clank game. What? Yeah, we went over what? this. We went over this before. What? You knew that. I don't care. I'm still gonna act <laughs> okay. like I'm surprised and annoyed as fuck. So, what? Thanks, Andy, for for loaning the game to me so I could check it out. Um, You're welcome. It's really gorgeous. It's a beautiful game. It's just I've never played anything like it before because it's, I've never played Ratchet and Clank before. So just so you guys know, he's playing Ratchet and Clank, the original first one, but remastered re- on the PS4. Yeah, so it's a full remake of the first game. Um, it's got some cutscenes from the movie that's coming out next Friday. Yep. Um, this coming Friday, rather. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it feels like an old school. PS2 era platforming action game. The platforming is a little easy for my taste. It's almost largely like third person action adventure style game, but that's okay. I like it a lot. I like the variety of weapons. I feel like uh, when this game came out, there were a lot of other platformers coming out around the same time, like Sly Cooper, such as Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter. So this had to do something a little 
different to like yeah and i think kind of define itself i think that comes through with the um the variety of weapons that you get and i so i never played the original game so i have nothing to compare this to this is my first outing like i said before but it it looks gorgeous i like that you can um you're dropped into a basically a different planet and each planet has several paths you can go to. And it doesn't explicitly tell you where to go exactly. You just know you have a couple of tasks to achieve. And you're kind of dropped in and you can go like over this way on to the left. Or you go to the right and there's secrets. And you can get gold, giant gold screws or something like that. And then you, you break all this all the boxes and stuff. And there's like so many bolts and stuff that come out of it. Like so, like, so many like bolts and and shit and you just pick them up and they fly into your body and it feels really good running around slapping things with a wrench and picking up bolts and then using those bolts to upgrade your weapons and like throwing your your wrench like a boomerang yeah coming and, right and back have to it you. come right back to you um yeah and um then you have the um the different weapons you have like your standard hand like hand cannon type gun then you have the um that disco ball thing that makes everyone break out in dancing and you can just beat them up while they're dancing you have a a homing rocket type gun um you have the pixelator which i just unlocked but i haven't been able to test out yet but that turns your enemies into like pixels you have grenades one of my favorites is mr zircon i love zircon which (laughs) Is he from previous games? Uh, Zircon is a game staple. Oh yeah, so he like, is... I like him a lot because he <sighs> says all this like really violent shit, and he's like he's like a little robot friend who follows you around, but he's like, Mister Zircon's gonna kill you. Did you <laughs> did you upgrade Zircon yet? Um, so you can upgrade your weapons for those of you who haven't also played Ratchet and Clank. You can upgrade your weapons. You can level them up. I'm not sure if it's in this game, but in one of the Ratchet and Clank games. When you upgrade Zircon, you actually unlock his wife and his child. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and man. all they do is talk shit to enemies. I that's hope... it and destroys the fuck out of them. I hope that's in this game because it's so it's my favorite thing to do to have Zircon out and just be like, Have you died today? <laughs> Allow me to help. <laughs> you just I I um my favorite thing to do is actually to like leave Zircon out while I'm free roaming just because like he'll randomly talk shit like about anything. Oh sometimes he's like Zircon is bored <laughs> <laughs> And you know what the thing is is that I feel more attached to Zircon than I do to Clank because Clank just kinda does nothing, hangs out in my backpack and sometimes he like spouts like a helicopter to like make me jump a little further. And Zircon's like a constant companion. I'd rather I'd rather have it be Ratchet and Zircon at this point because Clank <laughs> doesn't do anything, and he says that like he his legs are broken, but you fix his legs. He's fine. He's still uh, bumming on your back though. Like what's that about? Well, Clank. If you haven't noticed, Clank kind of. Uh, I feel like he lies a little bit to kind of. He kind of lies to get Ratchet to do what he wants, but then Ratchet kind of finds a reason to to help Clank out. Oh man, I wish I haven't played the game in so long, so I don't remember the story that well. But I mean, I play every single fucking Ratchet and Clank game, and I love them all. And as the Ratchet and Clank series goes on, uh, there's a really strong bond between both of them. Yeah, so that's that's what I feel like they're trying to get at with this game, but I feel like it it isn't quite earned. Um, my one issue with the game is that the story doesn't seem as strong as it could be. 
Um, the writing is all right, and it's kind of humorous, but I feel like it skews a little younger. And I don't think that's necessarily, that's not necessarily a bad thing, because I think I might be a little bit older than the audience that Ratchet & Clank games are usually for. But I feel like they're kind of all ages, so I can enjoy it. But I find myself kind of, you know, like, ah, that was funny, but not, like, really laughing or finding anything too humorous about the writing. But I, I know what they're going for okay, with the writing. so it's funny that you say that. Because uh, Ratchet and Clank games actually veer more towards an adult audience nowadays. For instance, uh, the fourth Ratchet and Clank game was called uh, Ratchet and Clank All for One. <laughs> the original name they wanted to go with was going to be Ratchet and Clank Foursome. <laughs> and uh, that, that obviously did not go through for obvious reason. But there's a lot of sexual references in mm. the, the so, later so Ratchet think, and Clank games. Do you think this one might be a little less, like... I feel... you think it might be skewing younger because of the movie? And they're trying to get that, that kid's audience through the... I think that's why they decided to remake the first one. Well, I, yeah, I think that's why they decided to make, remake the first one. But I feel like that might be why the jokes don't necessarily seem to be hitting with me as, as much as... Well, yeah, because, I mean... Think about it when you're when you were like ten years old playing this game. If you were ten oh, yeah, years old playing this game, you would love it. But I feel like the uh, Ratchet and Clank is like one of the only series to start off with one audience and just continue to make games, knowing that that audience grew. Yeah, like that I see what you're one saying. particular group of kids, yeah. and as they grow into adults, they they make the games more adultish. I see. Um, that that's not to say that that it's not funny because there are some moments that I think are genuinely humorous. Mr. Zarkon is like a very high point on that list, and yeah, it's a it's probably one of the better looking, probably the best looking game on the PS4 right now. And just how all the effects look and the the scenery and just all the things going on all at once, and I'm having a really good time with it. I can't wait to to play it more and to finish it. Um, that being said. I don't know if I necessarily feel like I want to go back and play the earlier Ratchet and Clank games, even though I'm enjoying this one. I feel like because this is a reboot, I kind of want to wait and see what Insomniac is going to do next instead of trying to go back, you know? Whereas with Sly Cooper, I played Sly Cooper 1 for the first time last year, and that game was really, really good, and I want to play Sly 2 and Sly 3 eventually. I don't know if, if that's because maybe I'm more of a stealth fan because of Metal Gear. <laughs> I I personally love the Sly series. So do over... you like Sly more than Ratchet? Oh, yeah. I like Sly okay, more so than maybe, Ratchet. Maybe... That's, yes. Okay, so maybe we're all in the same boat. But I also, and many will disagree to this, I love the Sly Cooper series more than I do the Jack and Dexter series. I never really enjoyed Jack, Jack and Dexter too much. I, I played Jack 2 a lot. I love the first one. I could not get into the second or third. I didn't like the first one because it seemed way too, like, kitty for me at the time. And that's also the challenge of, like, collecting everything. The collectibles in that game were really intense. Yeah. I, I gravitated towards Jack 2 because it's like, oh, it's so dark and oh. So one of the weapons that you didn't get up to yet is the Rhino. This is probably the most powerful weapon in the game. And Insomniac knows this is the most powerful weapon. So what they did is gave it a theme song to play every time you shoot it off. Oh my god. It's like this big ass Gatling gun pretty much. Mm. 
And what Rhino stands for is rip you a new one. <laughs> and it is the godliest gun out there. They, they, the Rhino one is in this game. And throughout all of the other Ratchet and Clank games, there's a new and improved Rhino. Mm. So that's also something you might look forward to. Usually it's a, a shady vendor who's like, Hey kid, come over here. I got a good gun for you. <laughs> and it's like a ridiculous amount of bolts. Mm. Yeah, man, I I like I like this game a lot and I, I think it's it's a good palate cleanser from all the really heavy RPGs that I've been playing lately. And I just I just like to have a nice light game that I can run around and hit shit with a with a wrench and then like have somebody <laughs> tell me a joke and then see like a really beautiful like scenery. So I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. I can't wait to finish it. And I, I honestly, now I think I'm a Ratchet & Clank fan. And now I'm excited for what Insomniac does with Ratchet & Clank going forward. Hell yeah. Chris, have you ever played a Ratchet & Clank game? Uh, I haven't played the recent one that stands to play. I played like the first one. The one that stands playing is the first one. Just oh, remake. okay, okay. Yeah, so I played like the first original one, but I haven't played any of the other ones. So um, I missed that a lot. But I remember playing the first one and it was just so much fun. Again, I also like Sly Cooper um, a lot. I don't know. I mean, the PlayStation had so many good platformers back in the day, and they still do. Just judging from Stan's reaction, I'm really tempted to revisit revisit it. Nice. Yeah, and I, I and like similarly, like going through my my RPG binge, I do. I also need a palate cleanser. All these games that I want to play, they're 100 hour games, easy each. Um, right now, my my current palate cleanser is. Um, Azure Striker Gunbolt. It's this really cool uh, Metrovania game for the 3DS. It's really, really fun. It's like a really great, fast-paced, side-scroller shooter. And beating people up with wrenches and just to kill time and to like take a break from grinding and stuff. Sounds a lot of fun. So, yeah, I think I'll check it out. Stan, how much is the the remaster? Ratchet & Clank's only 40 bucks. Oh, dude, that's awesome. And it's a complete it's a complete remake, so it it looks like a PS4 game because it is a PS4 game. And that's not only the price for Ratchet and Clank, just because it's a remaster. But ever since the future games, Ratchet and Clank Future, ever since that series came out, every Ratchet and Clank game to come out retailed at forty dollars. Nice. Yeah, you honestly, for what you get, you can't beat the value of, of it being forty bucks because it, it it feels like there's a lot of game there. And even though I might not play it a second time, I can see why you'd want to go play it a second time and like upgrade all your guns fully and whatnot. Definitely going to be longer than Star Fox. <laughs> Speaking of Star Fox, did you guys watch the Star Fox anime that came out in the past week? Uh, I only all no, I heard about it was it was animated by the same guys who did Attack on Titan, but I didn't actually hear any like any feedback or reception whether it was like critically acclaimed or not. Uh, Andy, did you watch it? I heard good things about it, but I haven't seen it. No, I haven't watched it. All right. You need to play Star Fox so you can tell us what you think. Because I've been hearing a lot of mixed things about it. Well, I finally have a day off tomorrow, so I shall do that. Sweet. Wait, we can play it together tomorrow. Cause this, yeah. Yeah, this I'm going to play some Star Fox. The game released on my birthday, so I needed to uh, get drunk and gonna, not I'm play gonna, Star Fox. I'm going to come over to your house. And we're going to play Star Fox? We're going to play some co-op Star Fox. We're doing this. I'll be Falco. I'm a handsome wild bird man. <laughs> Stan and his wild bird man. Alright, so let's move on to the, the the special topic for today. Alien Day. Hell yeah. So, um, 20th Century Fox, uh, last year, you know, they de- 
they did like the Back to the Future Day. So for this year, they're following up with Alien Day, which is Tuesday, 4-26. It's not the release date of Alien or Aliens, but the reason why 426 is the is the official Alien Day is because LZ426, that's the official name of the moon where the xenomorphs originate from. So this is the first time they're ever doing this, and they're going out with an all-out event. They're going... What I'm most excited for for Tuesday, Alamo Draft House, one of my all-time favorite movie theaters ever, they are playing a double feature of Alien and Aliens. So nice. I've never seen the Alien movies in theaters. So I'm so excited to go and just to be freaked out and then just to get super pumped with the Colonial Marines in the second one. It's going to be a great experience. I'm going to try to get a group together to go. If I mean, if I lived in New York City, you know, I would be like, guys, we got to go to Alamo Draft House in New York City and watch it because we're all really big fans. Is there one in New York? Yeah, there is one in New York City. Where? I can look it up right now. Uh, hold on. Okay. But yeah, because Stan, you were mentioning you're on, you're on spring break right now, and we were trying to toy around with the idea of like hanging out despite busy schedules. And if I if I couldn't make it up to New York City, and if our schedules were okay. Double feature Alien? That would be an amazing way to spend it. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I have actually never seen Alien. Are you serious? Oh my gosh. Okay. I I own it. I own it on Blu-ray. I have Alien 1 and Aliens, but I've only ever seen Alien, and I played Isolation. So I think on tu- Tuesdays is yeah, Alien Day? Yeah, the 26th. So by the time this episode goes up, it'll be over. So happy, happy Alien, Alien Day. <laughs> but uh, um, Stan, like, you should definitely watch Aliens. I think I'm going to watch Aliens on Tuesday. It's not as horror-related. It's yeah. more, like, action-y. And it's also directed by James Cameron. But it's one of the greatest sequels of all time. Like, similar to, like, James Cameron and, and Terminator 2. I have never seen an Alien movie. Oh, my God. You gotta see Alien. Oof. And it's so good. Oof. I was supposed to watch it with you. I know. I still have it. We watch it anytime you, you want. It. Let's do it. Oh, Let's and Stan, it. by the way, um, uh, your Alamo Draft House is 445 Gold Street, New York, New York, zip code 11201. Hmm. So I have no idea if that's close or farther to you guys or Let's not. Me neither. I shall Google map this. Oh, it's Flatbush. Yeah, so it's Flatbush. It's like right right by the Brooklyn Bridge. Got it. <sighs> yeah. Is that like far inconvenient for you guys? Oh, uh, it's like an hour and a half away. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And if we drove, it'd be better, but... You got your license. I do! Yeah, you... Well, you got, you got, uh, Stan, I assume you got like, both Alien and Aliens, so you guys can always watch it tomorrow on your day off or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we can definitely do a little rundown of Alien Aliens. Cool. Alien Aliens. Sounds good. So, Alien Day, it's Tuesday, so Alamo Draft House is doing a huge event. There are a bunch of toy companies releasing special edition figurines. There's the new comic that's coming out. There's like a new Funko pop toy coming out as well. Wait, of, of what? Uh, hold on, I have it on a. L- I don't know. Let's see. Where is, is, it, is it coming on Tuesday or? Is it... Uh, hold on, hold on. Funko. Okay. Uh, Funko LLC's Aliens Queen and Power Loader and Ripley figure set 
in the tradition of the wily popular reaction retro action figure series. Oh no, that's whack. Oh, it's still not pop. It's a reaction figure. It's the reaction, yeah. Got it. Uh, and I think the other big claim to fame is uh, Reebok is releasing a line of Stomper sneakers that the same ones that Ripley wore. Ripley sneaks. You know what I? You know what I want them to do on Tuesday. They they probably won't do, but would like blow my mind is if they finally announce Alien Isolation two. Oh my god! I I want that sequel so bad. Maybe they will. That would be so legit. Chris, did you play the first one? Um, I haven't yet. Which is really bad, really bad. What are you but doing, I really man? want to. Actually, I have no excuse not to get it because it's, like, it's like really cheap. That game is so. I think it's on the flat, the PSN flash sale. Oh, it's going on right now. That's yeah. right. Shit, I need to get it. You can oh, get my it, God. Chris. Get yeah. it, man. Do it. That game is so good. That game is so good. You understand? That game is so good. Remember how good that game was? Remember I how much remember. I was talking about that shit when I was playing it? Yeah, like last year. Mm, that game. So good. Um, but I came up with this topic, because Alien means a lot to us, so I wanted to ask you guys three questions. They're Alien-related, of course, and the first question is, what is your first memory or encounter with the Alien franchise? Two, what's your favorite moment from any of the films? Uh, and since, uh, Andy, you haven't seen, like, Alien, you, you played Alien Isolation, so you, you could mention, like, your favorite moment from that game. And the third... Your favorite thing, like, so comic, video game, toy, whatever. Favorite thing inspired by the Alien franchise. So, I can start. The first Alien came out, like, 1979, so I wasn't even born yet. And I didn't re- I didn't actually see the first Alien film until my mid-teens. I want to say maybe, like, 15, 16? I don't know. It was kind of a, kind of a late bloomer. Um, so, my first... My first exposure to anything related to Alien was uh, two things. One, in Disney Disney World, they have the Hollywood Studios Park, and they have this one ride called it's called the the Great Movie Ride. So it's, you're sitting in this trolley and you go through the ride and it, you cross or you become part of famous movie scenes. So like you go through like Pirates of the Caribbean or um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, when I was a kid, one of the most scariest parts of that ride was the alien part of the ride. The trolley snakes into the hallway of the Nostromo, and this is the part of the movie where Ripley has the flamethrower, and, like, the the mother, like, the, the computer, or, like, the, the ship's AI is saying, like, red alert, like, the ship is about to explode, and the trolley stops. You see, there's like a jump scare. You see the xenomorph pop out and like this plume of smoke and gas, and it kind of like mox attacks the 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 car. As a kid, I was freaked out of my mind because I didn't I didn't know what it was. I didn't know alien was a thing. I just knew it was like a freaky alien coming out of the wall, but it was still really awesome. And then my other my other first encounter with the alien franchise was um, uh, Spaceballs. That classic scene where they reenact the chestburster oh, scene, yeah. but um, instead of it, it, the chestburster, like, it, it comes out of the guy's stomach, and then he puts on like a like a hat and a cane and starts singing like the the Jay Michael Frog song, like "Hello, like, my, hello baby, my baby, hello my honey, honey. <laughs> hello my right time gal," and it, it like runs into the the kitchen. So my my first actual alien movie was Aliens instead of the original Alien. Mm. 
And, I mean, not... Aliens is a great film. It's a great sequel. And it's great because... I mean, it, it still has, like, the classic DNA of the original, but it's more action-packed, and it's, like... It was just really exciting for a kid to be hyped up to see, like, a whole bunch of, like, Colonial Marines just, you know, like, get some, and like, exploding. It's, like, a, it's like a, a round of Call of Duty zombies, like, Xenomorphs just popping in from everywhere, while the, while the first one's more atmospheric and claustrophobic. But after... Then I first saw Aliens, then I went back and saw Alien, and then... And then I saw, like, Alien 3 or Resurrection, and they're not that great. They're not as good as the first two, but, uh... So Aliens was my first exposure to the franchise. Yeah, you. Shit. So how about you guys? Uh, my first encounter with the Alien, Aliens franchise was, uh... Actually, like, when I was younger, walking in and seeing my dad, like, watch... Uh, I think it was, like, the original Aliens, or maybe it was Alien vs. Predator... I'm not sure, but it was one of them, and the alien freaked me the fuck out, so uh, I, I left the room. <laughs> I've never... I, I haven't played an alien game, so... I mean, it's I, kind of I, depressing. There hasn't been a lot of very good ones. Like, Alien Isolation's like, it's kind of like an outlier. It's the only good one, yeah. I heard, like, mixed things about Colonial Marines, which is supposed to be more in the line of, like, aliens. So it's more like a, like a squad, team-based shooter. I hear it's like yeah. Trash. I heard like there's a lot. There was a lot of hype and hope for it, but then it just just tanked really badly. Yeah. So I'm kind of like uh, I don't really have much to say in this topic. Sadly, <laughs> that's fine. Well, after after this episode comes out, there you go. Hell yeah. Stay. Okay, so um, now that you mentioned it, Chris, I think my first exposure to Alien was Spaceballs. But yeah, yeah, man. I actually. Like I like I said, like I've never seen Alien or anything like that until Alien Isolation came out, and I decided to play it on a whim because it looked kind of cool, and I heard good things about it, and that's when I that's when I realized how good the concept of Alien was, and how how much fun it was to get scared playing Alien because as scary as Alien is, it's a different kind of scary than playing say Silent Hill or Resident Evil, because for some reason for me, even though those games aren't plausible they feel close enough that they might be plausible <laughs> you know what i'm saying because it takes place on earth yeah and so it's like oh god i might i could probably become in, like part of a zombie apocalypse or i might end up in silent hill yeah some <laughs> some weird ass psychological problems right but alien is like it's scary but it's far enough away that i can be scared by it but also like enjoy it whereas when i play a game like silent hill or Resident Evil, it's more like a dread that I'm feeling. Like, I don't want to go into the next room because these things are too scary. But with Alien, it's like, oh my god, this guy's going to come fucking kill me. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's like different for me. And that's why I really liked playing Alien Isolation as freaking scary as it was for that reason. After that, I saw the movie Alien. And because of how much I liked Isolation and... My favorite scene in Alien was when they're fighting the android. Isn't it like Ash or something? Is his oh, name? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I think you're right. And they're fighting him, and they're trying to kill him, but they can't kill him because he's an android. But he starts spewing like this white blood all over the place, and they finally like take his head off or something. But it was just like just a wild thing that I I wasn't really expecting to see because I I never saw the movie before. So it was just this whole violent thing with this android and. Taking his head off and then just bleeding white everywhere, <laughs> kind of like Raiden from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> but um, yeah. And so 
And then he says that quote about how the alien's like the perfect killer or something like that. It was like how pure it is. And I was like, this is so cool. I love this fucking series. <laughs> so yeah, that's my... I don't have a lot of experience with it, but from what I what I do have, I really like. And I can't wait to watch Aliens and pick up the new comic that's coming out. And just I've just been trying to like absorb as much Alien as I can lately, just because I know I've missed out on so much. And not see 3 or 4. <laughs> I also saw Prometheus. I saw Prometheus before I saw um, Alien. Or played Alien Isolation. So that... I actually never seen Pr- Prometheus. Uh, I heard it got... It was mixed reviews. Like, what were your thoughts? Um, So that was actually my first... I keep thinking I'm having this first encounter with Aliens, <laughs> but it keeps going back deeper. <laughs> yeah, Space Wells is technically the first time I ever encountered it with the with the parody of the Chestbuster. But then uh, Prometheus was the first actual in-universe, like, serious feature that I took in and... I didn't really have a problem with it. I thought it was pretty good, actually. But that might be because I had no expectations. Because I didn't see anything else alien before that. I just like the really buff, handsome Squidward aliens. <laughs> who were, like, <laughs> naked and, like, built as hell. And and in the end, they kind of hybridize. And that's when you see, like, the prototype version of the alien from later on. So it's like a, a so Prometheus is like a prequel. Yeah, it's like a super prequel. It happens like way before Alien, and but you kind of get to see what the progenitor of the alien species species is by the end of the movie because it's it sort of almost gets to that point where it, like this weird alien creature takes over one of the handsome Squidward Squidward aliens. I don't remember what the hell their name was, but then it, it like it busts out of his chest or something, and it, it looks. Very close. Oh, I think, are you talking about the the space jockeys? Yeah, those guys. Whatever, whatever yeah. their actual species is called. But at the end, it comes out and it looks really close to the way the alien looks in Alien. And they're making it. Is, aren't isn't um Ridley, Prometheus two Ridley Scott making another Alien movie? Yeah, I think so. And isn't it is it a sequel to, to Prometheus? I think I would. Don't quote me on this. I'm I'm like eighty percent sure it is. Okay. Um, yeah, because when you see the first Alien movie, they see this this weird big alien in like that's dead in like this spaceship or whatever, and that's supposed to be the alien that you see in Prometheus. So you never they we never knew what that alien was until Prometheus. So they explain what the hell that alien was. Okay, and ended up being like just a suit that the alien was wearing, and underneath the suit was like the the built the built Adonis looking like. <laughs> Atlas shrugged, holding up the globe, fucking... Squidward. Yeah, like the end of Bioshock. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Fontaine, like perfect form. Like perfect... Jack Johnson (laughs) and his Empire empire of Mud. (laughs) Jack Johnson, perfect specimen. Billionaire. (laughs) So, uh, Stan, what was your favorite moment from the film? The scene with the android. Um, I also like the scene... Where Ripley's like chilling in the spaceship at the end of the movie, and she looks over and like aliens like taking a nap in the in the corner of the spaceship, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> he like straight up napping. Yeah, that was uh, so like like in terms of favorite moments, like that sense of calm, like uh, that, that false sense of hope, where it's like, "Oh, we're we're like we're we're safe," and then all of a sudden the aliens still it's still on the spacecraft, and then she has to like turn on like the 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 airlock and suck it out into space. Oh, so good. So good. And, uh, of course, like the chest burster scene is my, my other favorite scene. 
In terms of aliens, Bill Paxton giving out the greatest line ever when they're all trapped. And he's like, he's like, game over, man. It's game over. And I was like, oh, perfect. Perfect. Andy, do you have a favorite moment from any of the alien media you've consumed? I have consumed very little. <laughs> well, that's fine. So, that's fine. No worries. Oh, no, my, my favorite thing is probably from Family Guy, where they make fun <laughs> of Alien's little tongue. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stan, we need Kirsty on here to do the, like, bleh, 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 bleh. Awesome. Um, so the last thing, uh, we might have we, we probably touched on it a little bit, but uh, what are your favorite things inspired by the Alien franchise? Because like Ridley Scott's, um, you know, his work was so seminal, and there's like countless countless of influences and nods and references and things that are spin off from Alien. So I just wanted to get a sense of what are your favorite xenomorphic uh, pop culture media babies that came out of it. For me, there's a, a really interesting mishmash. I remember in, in freshman year of high school, I joined the anime club there, and I was still really green around the ears with anime. Like, I, to that point, I was mostly like a Toonami kid, Dragon Ball Z and Karakata Sakura and Sailor Moon and whatnot. But, so that was like my major crash course into really, really amazing, seminal, you must watch anime. So, we were watching Cowboy Bebop, and we were watching like a, like several, not all the series, but a few of the episodes. And the president, he showed us, uh, I think it was called, what was it called? Like, Creatures in the Attic? It's the episode inspired by the plot of Alien, where um, Spike Spiegel forgets that he has, a like, a lobster treat in his fridge, and it stays in the fridge for so long, it becomes alive and sentient, and the creature, like an alien, starts picking off people on the ship, like, one by one, and the ship is, like... Like, it has no power, it has no fuel, so they're pretty much stuck in space. And eventually, in the climax of the episode, Spike pulls a Ripley. He creates a makeshift flamethrower out of, out of like, a like a blowtorch, and he creates, like, a makeshift motion tracker. So at the time, I still haven't seen Alien, but just watching that episode just got me... It was, like, one of the scariest things I've ever seen at, at, at that time. Hold on, let me see. Oh, Toys in the Attic. So that's the name of the episode. The end of Predator 2, that scene where Denny Glover is in, the, is in the the Predator's spaceship. And on the wall, you see the trophies, all the all the skulls. And one of them was the Xenomorph skull. And I was like, oh shit! And I was freaking out. And then and then later, Alien vs. Predator became a thing. Uh, which can be like, yeah, but, you know. it's If you don't have any expectations, it's a it's kind of a cheesy fun movie. And Dead Space, the first Dead Space movie. It's pretty much the first Alien movie meets John Carpenter's The Thing. It's like the, that's my like two favorite horror franchises fusing together into a, another amazing horror franchise. So yeah, Dead Space, like it owes so much of its DNA and iconography and aesthetics to um, the first Alien film. And you know, ugh. I say this all the time, but I want Alien Isolation, but in Dead Space universe, you know. Oh, that would be the dream. So EA Games, get on that. And those are my favorite favorite inspiration. Oh, also, the art of H.R. Geiger. H.R. Uh, Geiger, his art, it's it, his art style is called, like, biomechanical. So it's, like, this a lot of this really weird neo-surrealistic paintings of, like, like 
humans and machines fusing the one, and H.R. Geiger's art inspired the look of the original Alien. So I followed his work for a long time, and I think it was either last year or 2014 he died. I was really sad about that. Um, so, so rest in peace, H.R. Geiger. You're, you're awesome. I think one of my favorite things that came out of Alien were like the action figures. They have some really fucking sick ass action figures. They there's, really do. There's this one at my job of the red like alien queen, and it's like so detailed. You can do so much with it. It's fucking awesome. I've been really <clears throat> going on and off with wanting to get the Alien Three inspired alien figure that's painted like the Super Nintendo game, and it looks so badass. And like one day I'm gonna own that figure because man. Cause man, it looks so good. Stan, did they did they have that figure at like Toy Tokyo or any yeah. of the places we looked at? They they definitely had the Predator one. Remember the Predator one with like the paint job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the Predator version. But they also have the Alien version, and they definitely have the Alien figure at Forbidden Planet. I've just been like, it's like thirty bucks, and I really want it, but I can't justify paying thirty dollars for a figure right now. But one day I'm owning that shit. One day, uh. Speaking of Forbidden, they also have this giant-ass fucking alien egg. Oh, yeah, they have the big alien egg in the window. It's crazy. Yo, um, did you did you all see the the ne- uh, the Xenomorph cookie jar? I want yes, it so I badly. Want that. <laughs> Kiersey doesn't want it in our apartment because she thinks it's too scary. Oh. <laughs> I mean, at least you know she'll never eat the cookies. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They'll all be mine. In my kitchen right now, I have a pair of chopsticks that look like chestbursters. Oh, oh, they're my favorite pair of chopsticks. That's amazing. <laughs> I I think my it's kind of a cop out, but my favorite thing to come out of Alien besides the the Alien Isolation video game is the Alien vs Predator video game, and it's definitely not scary like Alien Isolation is scary, but it's wildly over the top, and you can choose to play as an alien, a predator, or a a human marine, and they each have their own storyline, so they each have a campaign that you play through. And the alien one is really cool because um, you basically live the life through the eyes of the alien, and you see yourself being pulled from your mother and like being grown in a lab, basically, and being trained to be a murderer by these like asshole scientists. And then you're like, it's time to escape, and I'm going to murder all you. <laughs> and you get this, this feeling, and it's just like, yeah... I'm gonna come and get you all. <laughs> so it's like it's almost like playing like Jason in like a Friday the Thirteenth movie because you you are the monster it. and it's so cool because you can you have all the skills of the alien like hiding in the ceiling or through a vent and like killing them with your tail and stuff. That's pretty it's cool. It's really awesome. And the Predator one is more like um like how you would expect Predator to be. It's very like they have this clan mentality and you're you're training to like become a leader of this like plan this clan of predators or whatever and that you were fighting like aliens and stuff and the marine one is is ridiculously funny because it's they really play up the whole space marine like weighing over your head kind of thing and but you're overpowered you have all these guns there is a scene right and i was playing this right after i was playing alien isolation which is super slow and super scary and there's only one alien and if the alien finds you you're done right i'm playing as the space marine in alien versus predator and there is a scene where you have to go into a club turn on the music lure all the aliens into the club 
and murder them all while the music is going like, mm, and there's like lights everywhere, and the aliens are coming out of the ceiling, and it's just, they're running all all around the dance floor, and you're just blasting them with the shotgun. I'm like, this is weird <laughs> and insane, but a very nice revenge from me running from that one alien the whole game <laughs> for like 20 hours. Now I can like kill him in, in Moss, like in this club, to the hot beats. But, yeah. Can that be in like Alien 4? Oh, I want that as a movie so badly. I, now what I want is I want to see Archie versus Alien. Oh, yeah, because they did Archie versus Predator. Right? Yeah, now yeah, I want to yeah, see yeah. Archie versus Alien. I want to see Archie versus Alien versus Predator. Wait, didn't they do like... No, they did Batman versus Predator. Did they do like Batman versus Alien? They did Superman vs. Alien. Oh, Superman vs. Alien. Okay. Yeah. Archie vs. Predator vs. the Colonial Marines. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going on with I want to, I want, I, I'm sure I'm wrong, but I want to say that there's like an, a, an Ash vs. Alien vs. Predator, but I don't think so. I think it's Ash vs. Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, uh, uh, Ash from Evil Dead? Yeah. Oh, dude, he would totally... Yeah, that's totally a thing that should happen. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. If, it, if it doesn't already exist. Mm. It should exist. They should do Alien vs. Predator vs. Freddy vs. Jason. They Jason should. X. Imagine Jason X versus Alien. But Jason takes Manhattan. No, because he <laughs> dies. Jason X is like Space Jason. Anyway. Guys, you know, this, this, is just, this is like pure nostalgia, but it reminds me of our Halloween episode where the Xenomorph won. Because it, it, yeah. it made Pennywise the clown into a Xenomorph and uh, everyone else. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was good times. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess we should be wrapping up. Yeah. Yeah. So, happy Alien Day, guys. Happy Alien Day, guys. Blech. Sorry we missed it. Well, we're like a day late, but... <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I'm Andy. You can get me on Twitter at SweetJustice1. I'm Stan Gudersky. You can find me on Twitter at StanDoom. And I'm Chris Sampson. You can find me on Twitter at KyoNinjaForHire. That's K-Y-O, Ninja for Hire. And you can find Super Nerd Pals on supernerdpals.com, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook.com slash group slash Super Nerd Pals. Google Play. Google Play? Yeah, we're on Google Play now. We are on Google Play now. We're everywhere, man. I don't even know where we're at anymore. Hell yeah. I updated all of our links. So we are legit. Woo! Google Play. Rate us. Tell your friends. Yeah, give us five stars wherever you can rate us, iTunes or wherever, because it helps people find this better and easier. Um, right now, we're sitting at a nice, comfortable five-star average on iTunes. Woo. Thanks, everyone, for who reviewed us. If we have six reviews, I think, right? Five or six. Five or six yeah. reviews. Which is great. I'm glad. Thanks, guys, for, for giving us the reviews. It's very you guys needed. are awesome. It's very needed. And if you guys are a fan of anime you can check out our other podcast anime is weird that's right it's it's almost um... it's almost that time it's almost that time yeah and that uh that releases every first friday of the month special announcement the next episode of anime weird is gonna have special guest ryan Woo! she's gonna be joining us to talk about some weird ass anime and that's all you guys are gonna know until anime is weird is on. that's right so may 6th that's friday first friday of the month Stay tuned. Tune in. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Peace out. Gain. Gain. Danger. 
The emergency destruct system is now activated. The ship will detonate in T minus one minutes. <laughs>